Um, oh shit, you know, you mean? we've been talking for 12 minutes Who's out there in the and, and I haven't even cued the intro music, so let's do that. <laughs> I'm KJ Bryant and it's not just me. The following program is for adult audiences only. Recently, I just found out that driving the boat was not a sex thing. Well, it's funny because one of my homeboys was talking about that shit um, on Facebook and he posted it and a bunch of niggas like caught feelings over it. And like I did it because he was like, yeah, a bunch of y'all niggas. Um, uh, uh, he's like, I came from Compton and I moved out there to Columbia. He's like, a lot of y'all out there. Y'all niggas grew up with both of y'all parents. You was spoiled as shit. Mm-hmm. And you just wanted to be a street nigga anyways, right? And a bunch of niggas got defended and started defending it. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, like, like not saying that, 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 that I didn't have a fucked up, you know what I'm saying, like, teenage life just because my family was on some old fucked up crazy shit. Right. But, yeah, I had a dad and a stepmom. They both had pretty decent jobs. Right. We lived in a pretty decent townhouse. And yeah, they could give me money to go bowling that I used to use for marijuana and I mean, alcohol. Once I got to a, a so you basically wanted to be a street nigga. Why would you smoke? <laughs> once I got to a certain age, I basically just figured out my own means. Stop relying on mommy and daddy so much. What were those means, if um you don't mind fancying um, that without indicting yourself? <laughs> This is what I'd rather be. This is why. It it was shit like this, you know what I'm saying? Listen to the Tupac, you know what I mean? Y'all already know what it is, yo. We are back with another episode of It's Not Just Me Podcast. Yes, sir. As usual, I'm your host KJ Bryant. We got Chill Mo in the building, and we got Grammy Davis Jr. for three weeks in a row. Three weeks in a motherfucking row. He don't stay nowhere. <laughs> he don't stay nowhere. This one. Uh, we gonna vibe out to this Tupac for a little bit before we get into it. All right, yeah, I just had to play that. Mm-hmm. I, obviously, for obvious that reasons, five you know on it, I know, I know, I'm, I know, I'm corny as shit. You know what I'm saying? Because obviously, I'm going to talk about the new Meg The Stallion record, B I T C H where she took the sample from that record and flipped it on some shit, and that shit is hard. We're definitely going to play that for a burn notice later. Um, for real, I've been looking at it. I mean, you know, I was talking about how women ran 2019. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like there was a shift in 2018, but women started running shit in 2019. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing that momentum carry over into 2020. So then this weekend with Meg and Doja Cat both dropping singles this weekend, one of them from the Birds of Pay, Birds of Prey soundtrack where Meg just dropped a single off of that two weeks ago. So, I mean, she's on her momentum move right now mm-hmm. with this Sugar Project coming out. So, for real, I'm looking at this shit like... The niggas who's like the heavy hitters, you know, the guys that's supposed to be when they drop an album, you know what I'm saying? The earth's supposed to stand still and all that kind of shit. You know, the guys we talking about, like the like the the Drakes, you know what I'm saying? The the Kendricks, the those guys, you know what I'm saying? Right. I'm telling you that these niggas better drop immaculate albums, yo. Because they have put themselves in a situation where they can't make the type of albums that these chicks are making that are really getting ready to take off where these chicks are putting a whole lot of personality into these projects, right? Mm -hmm. And they're telling a story from a certain narrative that is different. Like, Like, a lot of niggas was always talking about how a lot of these female rappers sound the same, but in reality, if you really listen to what they're saying, each of them has a unique angle of a similar subject matter, right? Whereas all the niggas who are like super dope, like think about the super sad boys, right? They're all sad about the same shit, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like each one of these niggas is the same guy. Same thing about like a lot of the drug drug dealer, you know what I'm saying, like newer rappers out. Like there's some dope ones who can rap their ass off, but they're all really the same guy if you look at it. Like they have, right. they would hate me for saying this, but at the same time, they understand what I'm saying. No, nah, I know what you mean. So... The way that I'm looking at these women, it's like, yo, these niggas better put out some projects because it just looks like, I don't know if in the offices... Looks like, like they're working harder. Well, it just, I don't think that they're a bad investment anymore. Remember the narrative once upon a time was that women were a bad investment because of the upkeep. Mm-hmm. You wanted to sign a dude rapper because he just needs a shape up and a white tee, you know what I'm saying? And some <laughs> jeans and shit, you know what I'm saying? The chain, and he good, right? But with the female, like, you got to get her hair done, nails done, all that shit. But I'm and thinking multiple that, times yeah, a week. But I'm thinking that, look look at it now. These chicks is coming with their own teams. Each of them got a gay best friend to do the home, the, uh, the, um, the makeup. Right. They got a gay husband, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, to do the hair. And they traveling with them, doing the IG videos and all that, you know what I'm saying then the photo the photographer is probably their homegirl that's riding around with her with an iphone you know what i'm saying because everything is social it's on live so it's like mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff that labels were paying for back then it doesn't seem like that that's even really a factor right now yeah especially with this iphone 11 out i mean you don't have to walk around with a red cam anymore right you can get top quality content and they're just you know they're killing it. Women are killing it. And then not to mention, you know, as they take these pictures and things like that, they're just, you know, the engagement is just right. crazy. Now, y'all know me, and I'm one of them type of motherfuckers where if I start to like an artist to an extent, I might latch on. And once I latch on, I'm always going to come up with Ooh, have you something. Latched to, on well, we, I mean, it's Doja Cat. But here's oh, the thing yeah. about it. Here's the thing about it. The more and more I hear her, on these different records that she's doing, mm-hmm. the more and more that I start to form this theory where I think I can make an argument that says that for real, 
out of this whole new crop of females that are running the game, mm-hmm. she could possibly be the one. Out of all of them? She, like, I don't, like, I don't but think look, she has look, enough firepower. What I mean is that she could possibly have the Nicki Minaj type impact. Mm. Where, 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 where you're, where she truly, Nicki had that one pocket where she truly was able to run the rap charts and the pop charts at the same time. And then she ran away from it because she got offended because everyone said she went pop. But mm. Super Bass was like the biggest thing in the world. Right. Right. And she was killing it on the rap side. Right. Right. Now, Cardi is the hood, but that what we got because all we had was Nicki Minaj for the longest time. So when Cardi right. came along, personality, the hood, it was like the hood part of Nicki Minaj minus the pop part. Right. Cardi had some pop success and some pop crossover, but you, if you really listen, some of those big records that she was featured on, like the Maroon 5 record or the Taki Taki record, mm-hmm. those were the records that Nicki Minaj would have been featured on a couple years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Now when I listen to Doja Cat sing on a pop record and do her own rap feature or rap feature on some of these pop rap techno type of oh, put yeah, together, yeah. them type of joints right there that are the top 40 crossovers, mm-hmm. yeah. she sounds like that those are going to, she's going to be, it's going to be her as the feature for those records in, in that, this in next year. Lane, yeah. So in 2020, you're going to hear her on those records because now they got an easier passable female rapper who has that quirky ditzy animated rap like like the shit she just put out this bad bitch shit it sounds like obviously there's heavy Nicki minaj influences Mm. but who gives a fuck Nicki minaj was influenced and bit a bunch of shit from cam and shit so Mm. i don't know i'm just saying that keep an eye on this doja cat one because i'm pretty sure the temperature on her from a lot of these other female rappers is i'm not sure if they fucking with her i don't think they like her too much Mm. You, you know what I I'm mean, saying? Like like chicks like Rico Nasty or some of them other ones that are like not in the top tier, they fuck with her because they've collabed with her before. But it's like, I wonder, I always wonder like how does Nikki, Cardi, Meg, those three, right. how do they feel about her? Because she could rap her ass off mm-hmm. and she's not like trying to come across as like the street hood bitch because she's not from that environment, right? Right. And... She can make the pop records. She can make the R and B records, and she writes rights. Like no one's yeah, ever, no one's win. ever gonna yeah. come at her and say she ain't write them bars. So that's yeah, the thing. She, so she's she, writing. She might crazy. be able to. Yo, she might be the one. One. She might like, be able I'm to fit to... in that in that pocket. <laughs> the only I thing that scares me that. about that whole situation, and Brian, I know this is your people's, but I have a reason for my theory, and I'm not trying to just blame them just because of this one artist, but. The only thing that scares me about the Doja Cat situation is RCA. Mm. That's what she signed to? She's going to be good. Um, I think they're a good home. They have a lot of great artists over there. Um, Because I still... Because she stands out. You know, it's not... She's not an artist that um, you you put on a back burner. And I think that um, Peter and, and all the people over there, they know that. And I think she's getting um, the support that she needs from them, you know, at, at this point. To, right. You know, go and do the things that you said. Well, yeah, I mean, I, and I think I, I'm not like trying to really come at them, but I've already spoke about them before on this show. But what I'm saying is I, I still think about the Tanache RCA mess situation over there. Yeah. And it was one of those things where 
there was a point in time where she was supposed to be like the where it's like when I latch on to a certain artist, I'm not supposed to be wrong about them <laughs> because usually I pick the ones that are like the winning horses, right? right? So she was a winning horse. Now she's yeah. People would joke about her now or whatever, but but she was the winning one. And then there was just something weird that happened where I don't think they knew what direction they wanted to push her because mm. she was able to float in between the urban lane and the pop lane so easily. Right. So then I two think on with artists like that, you know. Um, you do exactly that, you know. And with a singer, you follow the formula that Usher did. Right. And they didn't follow up with an urban single for Two On, but they put out All Hands on Deck. So All Hands on Deck drops, and that's cool on the pop side, but it gave the urban side too long to forget about her. And then she was out in the same year where there's like Rihanna records out and like all these other big names like that. So she's right. getting caught up in the suite because you guys don't follow up the hit right. with another one. Right. It don't even have to be another hit. It just got to be good enough to make the urban market still pay attention to yeah. it, right? Yeah. And then she got frustrated and said that black people are not embracing her enough. And then that that killed her right there. Because, you know, can't say nothing about black Twitter. Yeah, they're gonna they, they, they're coming for you. All right, this burn notice is going out to Meg the Stallion with this B-I-T-C-H on his Not Just Me podcast. I'd rather keep it real with ya. Ben. Notice. 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 Ben. Notice. Notice. Real hot girl shit. You've been burned. It ain't always about what you like, sometimes it's about what's right. I'd rather be your B I T C H. I ain't finna argue about twerking Since you wanna test them waters Might as well jump in with both feet If you leave me and you see me Better act like you don't know me If you think it shit get better What another bitch go get her When you realize she ain't got you Like I got you I can't help you I'd rather be your B-I-T-C-H Cause that's what you gon' call me When I'm trippin' anyway You know you can't control me, baby You need a real one in your life Them bitches ain't gon' give it to you, right? I'd rather be your B-I-T-C-H Cause that's what you gon' call me When I'm trippin' anyway You know you can't control me, baby You need a real one in your life Them bitches ain't gon' give it to you, right? I'd rather be your B-I-T-C-H 
So Will Packer and Tyler Perry got beef. Oh, uh, here you go. Now they don't really got beef, but in my mind, because of what I have to say, they should have beef. Because Will Packer is fucking Tyler Perry up in the motherfucking original content box. Now, when BET Plus was doing their whole rollout and their whole promotion, BET Plus was synonymous with Tyler Perry. And I thought to myself, yo, this could be the ill takeover takeover. Because mm. Tyler Perry got the whole big studios. He could churn out original content like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And then... Tyler Perry said something two weeks ago and it's something that I've always known, but it's like Tyler Perry's so great as this one chick who shall not be named pointed out to me on Facebook as she berated me for saying something bad about Tyler Perry. It was just critical. Mm -hmm. It wasn't bad. I was just giving my opinion, which I'm going to give again now. Um, So Tyler Perry said that he doesn't have a writer's room because Tyler Perry makes up all Tyler Perry studios ideas and he writes all the scripts um and i say to myself tyler perry's show sometimes can be a little bit on the corny side like the acting Mm. isn't always that great the storylines are usually good but the acting could not survive without that good of a storyline because it's not that great he gets away with it because he puts the baddest bitches Right. In all of his shows. Like every chick, even the C-list cast members are super bad. And mm. all the Tyler Perry joints, right? So I happened to be flipping through the channels or whatever. And I saw Tyler Perry show The Sisters. Mm. And I said, you know what? Let me give it a shot real quick. Now, I didn't know that it was at the end of the episode. But it was. So I'm watching this one scene and the girl is arguing with the nigga and then his wife comes in and then she's cussing him out and she's like, I'm sick of your shit. And she raises her hand. She goes to slap him. Right. And it was like with mad force. Right. Mm -hmm. Until the hand got close to his face. Then it kind of looked like she just cupped her hand and kind of just touched him and caressed him. And I was like, yo, that was the worst fucking TV slap I've ever seen in my fucking life. Right. So I get over it and I say, you know what? Let me not be judgy. Let me just give him another chance. So then we get to the end scene. And another one of the sisters Mm. who happens to work at a hair salon, she's in there and the girl's like, hey, someone's here for you. And there was like the dramatic turnaround in the chair. And it was the white girl. And apparently the sister is like fucking the white girl's husband who's a preacher or whatever. None of this shit matters because the white girl says she can't live without him, pulls a gun out, blows her brains out. Oh, I forgot one part. So the girl says, you need to get out of here. Make sure you grab your purse and get out of here. She had to point out the fact that she needed to grab her purse because Tyler Perry didn't think that we would realize that the gun was in her purse if he didn't tell us about the purse that was implied when she told her to leave. Like, when you tell someone to leave, Mm -hmm. it's implied to grab your shit when you go. So she blows her brains out. Boom. End of the episode. Mm. Right after that show, Tyler Perry's other show, The Oval, comes on. In the first 30 seconds, do you want to know what happened? Another chick blew her fucking head off and shit. You know why? (laughs) Because Tyler Perry (laughs) runs out of ideas and he starts repeating himself. So then... I mean, I know they were having some type of... um, You know, they were having discussions about him saying, look, you need to get... A group of black writers. Yes. If he did that, I mean, it would be, it would be, you know what I'm saying? Like, and not that, not to take nothing away from Tyler Perry. 
until I started watching the Will this Packer what show. It takes away point, from right. him. It takes away the bag. But I think he's at the point where he should, and he's already providing a lot of opportunities, but those are just more opportunities that you can provide, you know, opening up a writer's room and, you know, getting some of the young talent. He, he's not them. willing to sacrifice the bag. So look, I started watching a BT Plus show. This time I turned on the show Bigger. It's a Will Packer show, right? Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, within the first couple minutes of this show, I was already sucked into it mm. until a critical point where this could have went left. And I'm going to tell you, this is how great of a show this is. All right. First couple minutes, the girl is narrating like to the screen, breaking the fifth wall to us while she's on a date with her corny, like super square doctor boyfriend slash getting ready to try to ask her to marry her or whatever. Um, and talking about like he's predictable, knows what they're going to order. It gets to this point where, where they're fucking and she's like talking to us. She's like, hold up, wait a minute while I fake it. Blah, blah, blah. So he goes out of town, <laughs> right? So I'm like, yeah, I'm like this is some real shit right here. I like this shit, right? You know what I'm saying? And mind you, I'm missing my show Insecure, but we'll get to that in a second. Right. Because Will Packer has saved Issa right now. Because he's directing this movie that better not suck that's coming out on February 14th. Mm. But let me get back to Bigger. Because she meets this other nigga named Reggie. And Reggie takes her home and fucks the shit out of her. Mm. But before Reggie fucks her, when Reggie's unzipping his shit, it's like they made cartoon butterflies and birds like fly around mm. to imply that Reggie... Was working with a monster. You know what I'm saying? So look, Reggie fucks the shit out of this chick, right? Right. And then they cut to the scene where she's cooking sausage in the morning in a pan. And I'm thinking, all right, cool. There's the dick reference. That's the end of it. You guys shouldn't take this any further than this. Right. But then Reggie happens to be walking out of the room. And I'm like, all right, they're going to hide Reggie behind the counter. They do until Reggie walks around the other side of the counter. And then you see it. And this is the pinnacle right here. Because you see the- what? <laughs> <laughs> what? You see what? Oh, hell no. You see, you, see, you know what you see? No, hell no. But listen, this is the pinnacle. Because at this point in time, usually when a dick comes on screen, it's just cringy. And now I just don't want to watch it anymore. But the show is so fucking good. I just let it ride and accepted it as part of the storyline and continued to watch. And luckily, I didn't have to see a whole. I don't, I don't no, I didn't I have to. See, I didn't have to see a bunch of random dicks. That was just an isolated incident. Except for later on, bro. When, you watch porn. Except for later on when I she was scrolling through the porn. phone. Except for later on when she scrolling through I the don't phone. Watch but listen, porn. it's like if if you're Gina girl. You don't look at my shit. I don't look at yours. I know. It just happened to be on the screen. All right, All right. cool. You look away. All right, see. cut. They cut to the other side. Boom. So you guys are lucky that I I, I have that's, um, that's, that's that I've accepted different. I've accepted that as on my journey with this show I'm going to say things that that will be embarrassing that other people will laugh at oh, but shit. here's the part that I left out about it you know what I'm saying <laughs> why it became a pinnacle <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because. Reggie's shit was like to his knee. Yo, like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck did Reggie just do to that girl? <laughs> but it didn't, it didn't offend me though. Like I didn't get and all that's cringe. where we 
cut to the next stop. <laughs> This nigga here. All right. Well, I mean, by the, I mean, while we're already in this in this bag, um, this Orlando nigga. Brown claimed that Nick Cannon topped him <laughs> off um, while he was dressed up as a girl. Now, oh, shit. let me shoot Nick some bail before I get get to the jokes. Um, Orlando Brown at one point in time thought that a woman could be pregnant for two years. Orlando Brown is known to be a little bit crazy. People say that he's on drugs, blah, blah, blah. Um, he's had videos where he couldn't remember his kids' names, blah, blah, blah. That's all fine and dandy. There's little lies, there's medium lies, there's big lies. And then there's those major lies that you never make. Like Those are like crack the glass in case of emergency lies. Right. This nigga Orlando Brown said that you, Mr. Nicholas Cannon, sucked him off. <laughs> that is a lie that lies in the major lie bag. Like You don't make that one up. Like you have to fight that nigga now. I mean, unless that's your coming out the closet moment. And I don't know. Has Orlando Brown been known to be a gay dude? Because I don't really I know. Don't know. I don't really know. But I assume that because it's so sh- shocking that Orlando Brown, is, I don't know. I think I, I mean, I'm, it's not, not going to look it up. But it's like, you know. so do you believe it? Because Nick Cannon made a statement about it, and he didn't deny it. This next burn notice is going out to main girl with this remix to the box. You can go hit him up at Main Girl 365. kind of statements but this is like a clear like nah like i didn't suck that nigga off he's crazy like like if it didn't happen i feel like this is one of those situations where you have a clear hard no right i don't think this is one of those where you give a vague like pr statement nick didn't just he didn't say no so to me that's a yes (laughs) <laughs> am i am i off with that He's, you know what i'm saying like <laughs> yeah. if He's you don't a, say no does that mean yes in this situation um, um 
Matter of fact, I'll, I'll actually pull up the Instagram post he posted. Um, and he basically uh, started off saying, well, let me first start off by praying for him. Yeah, see, all that is unnecessary. The first thing is, first off, let me start off by saying that is false, and then I'll pray for him. Like, I'll pray for him after I let you know that this is 100% but not that's, that's not that's not that's not like a given. Well, I don't know because we would assume that it's a given because Nick Cannon is a known sniper. He's like a Hall of Fame level sniper. He's had some of the baddest ones. I mean, he had Mariah Carey right. and Christina Milian right. and a bunch of other joints and then a bunch of other joints that we probably don't even know that he had, allegedly. So, right. yeah, Nick Cannon, it would be hard for me to believe that Nick Cannon is dressing up like a chick and topping niggas off. And if all the niggas he's topping off, Orlando Brown is the one, <laughs> like, that's the one, <laughs> like, of all the motherfuckers in Hollywood, Yo, then funny. Nick is around. He went with Orlando. But I'm not going to lie. See, um, in Orlando Brown's defense, too. In his defense? No, I'm not, I'm not going to even defend him. But but I look at it like this. If this is a troll, which it probably is, uh-huh. he's killing it right now. <laughs> Just because niggas is talking about it. Yeah, he's killing it right now. All right, so but Nick, Nick said, look, when I first saw this, I thought it was fucking hilarious. But then after putting a little uh, cognitive effort and analytical thought uh, to the situation, I figured it, what a great opportunity for a teachable moment. First off, let me say I am praying for the young brother. Orlando, even though I don't really know him personally, I've always loved and enjoyed his talent and have been a fan of his uh, past work. He was fucking brilliant on Major Pain. Um, um, fucked it up. <laughs> and had all of us laughing on That's So Raven. Um, but this is another crucial example of when we allow our young artists to be prematurely exposed by, to this uh, demonic business and left out to fend for themselves. We need better support <clears throat> systems for our youth to take care of our own. I watch for, uh, I watched very, what? I watch various of this young brothers. Wait for it. Just wait for it. <laughs> wait for it. He said, I watch various of this young brothers videos. I don't, I'm trying to put it together for him because he's not, I watched a variety of the young, young brothers videos and all I see is a cry out for help. So I don't know if there's uh, any real leaders or solid individuals in this young man's life, but let's embrace him and tighten him up so he doesn't become a lo- another lost victim victim of these Hollywood circumstances. I indeed believe this brother has a God-given talent um, to be on Wildin' Out, but this definitely ain't the way to audition. This actually hurts my heart to see what we have allowed Orlando, along with uh, other various young gifted performers we grew up loving to just dwindle away after these corporations made billions of dollars off their name. Now, due to substance abuse and di- uh, diagnosed psychiatric... Oh, this uh, nigga psych- Nick is good. Uh, this nigga Nick is good, yo. <laughs> if I thought Trey was good, this nigga Nick <laughs> is nice. I can't even read right now. <laughs> psychiatric disorders, our love, uh, loved ones are aimlessly begging for the attention they were once given uh, instead of the help they actually need. Um, all we do is sit back and laugh. The most irresponsible parties involved in all of this uh, is our m- media, specifically our culturally conscious. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm the motherfucker for it. Well, you know what? Um, politically correct, Kevin. Oops, did I just say my actual name? Oops. <laughs> um, KJ. Oops. 
I can't edit that out so you guys know my name now. Fuck it. All right. Whatever. Politically correct guy, what I'm supposed to do is say, hey, Nick, you know what? I understand. You know what? I have no more jokes. I heard your post. I heard what you said. I heard all those words that you gave us. It sounded really yeah. good. Let me give you one of these. <laughs> Let me give you one of these. You know what I'm saying? All right. The real me says. No. 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 You didn't tell us whether or not he did it. I didn't hear a no in any of that fucking shit. All right, this burn notice is going out the Doja Cat with this boss bitch from the Birds of Prey soundtrack on It's Not Just Me podcast. Mm. I ain't trying to burn. Notice, 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 notice. I ain't trying to. You've been burned. Yeah, ain't trying to be cool like you. Wobbling around in your high heel shoes. I'm clumsy. Made friends with the floor. Two for one, you know a bitch by four. And two left feet, you know I always drop. The first thing a girl did was a bop. And the whole damn cake and the cherry on top. Shook up the bottom made a good girl pop. You ain't even here to party. Can in the club trying to pipe a Barbie. I don't want to go, go, go with the flow back then until I touch my toes. I don't want to row, row, row the boat. Wrist full of rocks and I hope I flow. Big up yourself because you know they don't. I choo, choo, choo because they hope I show. I'm a bitch. I'm a boss. I'm a bitch and a boss. I'm a shine like gloss. I'm a bitch. I'm a boss. I'm a bitch and a boss. I'm a shine like gloss. I'm a bitch. I'm a boss. I'm a bitch and a boss. I'm a shine like gloss. I'm a bitch. I'm a boss. I'm a bitch and a boss. I'm a shine like you been the before, I've been the stallion, you've been the seahorse. Don't need a report, don't need a press run. All of my bad picks been all my best ones. I wear the hat and I wear the pants. I am advanced, so I get advanced and I do my dance and cancel the plans. And boo, don't be mad, cause you had a chance. Yeah, said I took it and I ran for it. I went and then I stand on it. Money on the floor when we dance on it. Shine bright on the bullet I'm a boss, I'm a bitch and a boss, I'm a shine like gloss, I'm a bitch, I'm a boss, I'm a bitch and a boss, I'm a shine like gloss, I'm a bitch, I'm a boss, I'm a bitch and a boss, I'm a shine like gloss, I'm a bitch, I'm a boss, I'm a bitch and a boss, I'm a shine like gloss. Nick, shut the fuck up, yo. I didn't hear not one no. Like, yo, like, I get it. These niggas do this shit all the time. You're not going to paragraph me to death with a bunch of shit that I should care about to detract me from what I really want to know. Of course we should pray for him. Of course we should feel bad. Of course substance abuse and people going through struggles isn't funny. Of course mental health is important. But none of that shit has anything to do with the question that we want you to say yes (laughs) or no to, yo. Like, stop politicking me. All right. Um... Clive Davis wants to make the Whitney biopic the right way. And he's talking about doing it. Like, he's putting the wheels in motion and saying... Tinashe plays Whitney. That's an interesting... That's an interesting take. Because I was definitely getting ready to segue into there. But Brian jumped straight there. I don't right think, in there. Um, look, so there's the short list of what I've been finding across the internet. The consensus is that 
Rihanna, Brandy, Jordan Sparks, Jennifer Hudson, SZA. And for Bobby Brown, a lot of people think Anthony Mackie. But Tanache is a new one right there from, from, from you. That's a new entry. I don't know. I don't know if I see her as Whitney Houston. I'm not sure. Um, I probably see her as Whitney Houston over that list of people that you just named. Besides... Um, Dang, I can't even say SZA. I think Brandy or SZA. SZA is the most... I think they could pull off the most physical resemblance with SZA. Yeah. I think they could mm. pull that off with Brandy as well. But I think Brandy could vocally pull off... No. Actually, I don't know. Jennifer Hudson vocally. Like, I think, it's hard. I think Tanashi has the best of both. She has a little bit of resemblance... And a little bit of the voice, you know what I mean? So you get a little bit of the best both both worlds. I Brandy think Jennifer sings, Hudson would be a good candidate. Because she, she could really act, too. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think this is okay, the problem yeah, that they probably ran into originally when they did this. You know what I'm saying? Like, that they, they couldn't figure out who they wanted to cast. So then they went ahead and just casted whoever they cast it and they just put her in a situation where that film wasn't going to do good. It was like a whitewash Bobby Brown, Whitney love story. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't like the Whitney Houston story. It was like the, it was like the tabloid story. You know what I'm saying? Let's just package this up real quick for TV. And you know what I'm saying? I just didn't fuck with it. I didn't like that. And I didn't like the Aaliyah joint. So, you know what I'm saying? Um, apparently DJ screw is getting his, um, story. But it is it's going to be in a TV series, which is one of those things where I think a lot of these biopics need to be TV series in these days. Yeah, that'd day be day. fire. You know what I'm saying? So, um, Chill, you know what I'm saying, um, is going to be doing the story and it's going to focus on um, DJ Screw and his life and his come up and how he created the whole Screwed and Chop DJ and technique and all that shit like that. So I think that's going to be like a dope show, you know what I mean? And it's interesting to know whether or not they're involving people like um, the screwed up click guys or like Paul Wall and like, you know what I'm saying, like mm. Slim Thug and like a lot of those guys who that sound, you know, is really what put them on the map. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, all right. So while I've been flipping through TV and shit like that and, you know what I'm saying, like I always go through random shit. I think I was watching like... Rob Dyrdek's ridiculousness, and then I fell asleep, and I woke up, and Catfish was on. Mm-hmm. And then I started watching Even Them, you know what I'm saying? Like, for a little bit, you know what I'm saying? And laughing. I know I'm not supposed to laugh, but it's funny. And it's just funny as shit, you know what I'm saying? Here we go. So, as I was watching it, you know, I was thinking about this episode, and I was thinking about, you know, inserting some more content, because I feel as though that... The things that people can find out about me. I mean, like I said, over the next couple of weeks, I have to learn more about you guys because I've expressed to you already that I know more about my white friends than I know about you guys. Right. So I was saying to myself, I wonder how catfishable am I? Like on a scale from like one to ten. Like some shit you never think of. Like mm-hmm. how easy knowing yourself and how you move on social media. How if the type of joint that looks the right way, they got a real enough looking profile with the real enough looking pictures, it's all her mm. saying the right shit you want to hear in the message. How easy do you think it would be to catfish you? Nigga, 11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm high up 
Because I, I, I'm just I'm just looking for good conversation anyway. So if you got good conversation, you got me. See, yo, I I'm so like paranoid and like fucking like cynical or like conscientious about like so much shit that. I would be so hard to catfish, yo. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like a three. Now, us actually meeting up. Right. You know, I'm more around a three, four. Uh, all right. So, I mean, you got to get the confirmation before before you meet up. Like, we which. Face, we have FaceTime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah, got yeah. to confirm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you don't want to FaceTime uh, a couple times? All right, yeah, cool. Yeah. Peace, Goofy. Now, all right, so you know, I mean, I couldn't do the FaceTime verification because I didn't have, you know what I'm saying, like, like well, the iPhone. Welcome to the club. We but appreciate look, you. But look, but what I did one time, and mind you, she did it. She was real. But she, it was a joke that she always used to laugh at, like, as the time we'd hang out. I told her to turn on the channel to Fox. Uh-huh. Empire was on. Uh-huh. And I told her, take the video and send it to me. And she did. And I knew she was real because Empire was on. And I was watching that shit on Fox. And she did that shit in front of the TV. And and that shit was on Fox. That was the verification. If I didn't get that, I was not talking anymore. Because she was fine, fine. And she was saying (laughs) all the right shit. Like, she was saying all the shit that I was trying to... I was into it. And I was like, yo, nah. You ain't gonna catfish me. Because here's the thing. Now, what if you go to meet, right? And you show up. Mm -hmm. And you realize she ain't who she is in the pictures but she ain't really that bad you still go ahead anyways how 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 quick or how long does it take for you to get over it yeah i've been in situations like that um that's a good question bro i mean i'm higher fast fire fast i'm nasty i'm tricky ricky I'm fire fast, fire fast. So if I'm not feeling it, I will quickly make up. I think I think I think I'll be the one and be like, uh, "You got some making up to do. (laughs) You got some. uh, Definitely got some making up to do." So so all right, all right, all right. So how about this one? I I I shouldn't even say this. I shouldn't even say this. But now I got to because we're there. Or I have to go there now. So what if you drove like a minute, right? Because let's say you've got the FaceTime verification, but she was like involved in this catfishing. Uh-huh. So the FaceTime verification was her fine ass homegirl, uh-huh. who's the one that's in all the pictures. That's why she got so much pictures and it's legit. Uh-huh. So you drive, you travel a distance, you get there, and she's definitely not something you would be into. Because of the distance driving and the time you put into uh, it, is you hitting it anyways and just taking it to the grave? You taking it on the table uh, and shit? Um, because- <laughs> I'm getting the Cause- neck. Cause and I'm seeing where that goes. I'm getting some vicious ass neck. I ain't going to lie. I'm getting some. <laughs> I got to get some neck. neck. <laughs> I got to get some neck. No mercy, too. Yes, yeah, D, yeah. We're terrible. Niggas <laughs> is terrible, yeah. <laughs> you going, you're not going to catfish, catfish me and get away with it. So, now, this next thing, it's not really catfishing. This is really light. This would be like, um, like, lake trouting. tilapia in (laughs) but um it's your agent you know what i'm saying and your your agent is basically like i'm a firm believer that it's not 
listen, people. I'm not saying that you're fake. I'm not saying you're phony because all of y'all listening to this are going to try to deny it and think that you're not human and we're the only humans in the world. And you're fucking lying to yourself. So just get over it and get ready to get real with yourself, okay? We all have a representative. Those are the good parts combined of us that we put out there when we meet someone for the first time or when we're in certain situations. Like, for instance, you might be the realest nigga in the world, but you lying when you say when you go to the job interview, you that nigga. Use a different (laughs) version of that nigga at the interview. You a different version of that nigga in front of the judge. And you a different version of that nigga when you meet the girl who you trying to bag. So the question I got is, how different is your agent from who you really are when you meet a chick who you trying to bag? Um, I, I wouldn't say too much different. Mine is. I'm telling you, mine's a chameleon. I, would, I, would. I switch it up to whatever I need to be at the moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, like because um, I, I tag them niggas in. Like, I got a team of them niggas. You're like, yo, all right, she she in the art, art artsy one. Come on, go. <laughs> yeah, I think I think um, this one likes books. <laughs> you know a bunch about books. Come on, agent. <laughs> See, see, my agent, right? Even though these things, even if she's into art, into books, I always try to bring it back to a common denominator. You get what I'm saying? But see, you know why? Because you be looking at the my agent is into whatever she's into. Right, exactly. Like, like, uh, yeah, I, like, I'm adaptable. I'm, I'm adaptable. Into whatever she's into. I'm open right? to suggestion. That's my favorite line when I'm in them situations. And I said, what you trying to do? I don't know. I'm open to suggestion. It just sounds slick. To me, anyways. See? It worked for me. Because it's like I don't never really have to pick. I don't have to be the lead in the situation. So it's like if we end up doing something like real, like, ah, ah, ah. Right. You know what I'm saying? It was normally okay. her idea. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And I was just like into it because she was into it. Okay. I see what you're saying. <laughs> I mean... My agent, my agent is, is is pretty much straightforward. (laughs) (laughs) Trayline. I'm just trying to have some sex with you consistently. So, so you, so, so, so you give, you give, you, you give it all to him off the rip. You give him the whole tray off the rip. You know what I'm saying? The whole ice tray, huh? No, not not not. All uh, right, so what percentage of the whole tray do you give them? Because whatever percentage is left, that's your agent, nigga, and I'm pretty sure it's more than fifty percent. So you ain't going to you ain't as similar as you think you are. You know what I'm saying? Maybe not. Listen, I don't, I don't know. you got to understand that regardless, I've already started the narrative. So the people listening to the podcast, they are expecting you to lie about these things. No, right. They are. No, they are. Not. Because they know this is what you do. This is not what I do. And my agent is. I would say. It's not too much. You already told the people that you fall in love every time. So we know that your agent is on some lover boy Troy shit. Yeah, and that's me. Oh, that is you. All right. You know what? You know what? All right. And that's me. I I, I might can let you rock with that. (laughs) 
So Eminem broke a world record with Juice World with the collabo Godzilla. Um, basically, he held the record before with Rap God, and then he broke the record with the verse on um, this Godzilla record. Now, like I said, when I gave my review of the album, this Juice World collabo really wasn't my favorite record on the album, mm. but I knew that people were going to gravitate towards it for obvious reasons. Now, on the yeah. iTunes, Apple Music charts, it's killing it right now. Yeah. Um, it's currently number one, number two being Meg with the B-I-T-C-H, and number three now is Roddy Rich with The Box. Yeah. Um <clears throat> So Ebro had made some comments, you know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, people are going to be on opposite sides of this Eminem thing. Ebro made his normal Ebro trolley comments, but then he made one that I guess is worth an argument or a conversation at least. He said that Eminem, as a white rapper, has the mentality of black people in corporate America, almost kind of like he kind of compared it to where it's like, Eminem thinks that he has uh, his mindset has always been I have to work five times harder and be five times better and and still not get the amount of respect that mm. I should get for the type of MC that I am. Now this is not Eminem's words, this is like Ebro's take on some of this Eminem shit after he was kind of following up saying that the reason why of his success, and of course, you know, the, the narrative that everyone keeps pushing is because he's white. That's the reason he's successful. If he wasn't a white rapper, he wouldn't be successful. And it's just like, all right, I mean, I don't know if we can, you know, I don't even know if I if I want to I mean, debate that. I was about to say, if he wasn't white, then the shit that he pulled in the beginning of his career wouldn't have been so shocking. Well, no, because I think that when people see when people try to make that argument and they're like, all right, well, if it's because he's a white rapper is why he's so successful. And I say to myself, well, if you realize that actually limited him on the usually successful content in his rap music. So look at the era that he came in and look at the artists that were success successful a lot of the more aggressive and abrasive and street and hip-hop and rap content was kind of off-limits to him because his but, upbringing being different than theirs, him being a white rapper, him not being able what, to but really... But what he did, he gave those people a, 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 a lane. From Detroit, yeah. that machine gun, spray boy, Lock. and it's on his some new coupe. Ooh. Been whipping them new boots. Yeah. Where you get them done? From payroll, nice. might put you on the table and spread you out like some yayo. I'm not no bitch, oh. you don't know shit. No. You just want on my money. I was hopeless, oh. now focus. No. Who the fuck is the party? And I hold this. Oh, oh shit, no. that's it. Yeah. So sick, oh. no shit. No. Damn, I'm yeah. getting too fucking over this. Yeah. But still is explosive with just load the clip to piss. On hit both the grip, I hold them at shoulder width. Took a stab in the dark and broke the tip. I'm my knife off, but your throat is slick. Cause I'm cutthroat to the utmost with it, the ultimate. I just let the poker chips fall where they were supposed to fit. Now those days are over. Scrape changing sofas, trying to save it, Kroger. So why would I give a fuck about that? Having traded Jofa, how about that? I 
I'm paid is over Think I may have broke the scale cause the wait is over But wait, wait, hold up cause they say I almost I almost lost it I had to reach back, back and lock it to claim our culture and be in our culture and of course he was going to do numbers all he had to figure out was the formula of right song to, to take him to where he needed to go well, I mean it's the formula that works every time <coughs> you know right. you have a you have an artist a rapper so primarily they're going to um, lean toward the hip hop you know R&B charts but then you have a white rapper he can cross over right. you know um it's it's simple. You give him shit to feed the streets. You give him shit to feed mainstream. Right. And he did both, and it's successful. You look at artists like Usher. You know, shit for the hood, shit for mainstream. You know, Chris Brown, shit for the hood, shit for mainstream. Right. Nicki Minaj to a certain extent, shit for the hood, shit for mainstream. Cause like yo, in this in this last album, like I'm not trying to get back into that whole debate again. Other than the fact that you said it wasn't gonna do as good as it did, and I'm telling you that, barring some type of freak of nature that happened on Friday, which probably didn't happen, that shit's opening up at number one when Billboard opens on Monday. You know how, what I'm saying? How many records is so? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. see but I mean, my, that was my whole point. But it's the number. It, I mean, we'll see what it is. But it's like. I, that, how, how long it been out? Two weeks? Well, no, they're counting the first week. They're counting the first week. The first, first week, week reportings go out on Monday. You think it did more than gold first week? I don't know. I don't know if that really matters anymore. I mean, I guess it matters to an extent for a certain shit, but I don't think that really matters. I mean, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a trickle down. It's a waterfall effect. Like, a lot of music is catching the waterfall effect. That's why they put out so many tracks on the projects right now. So I don't really care if it goes um, gold the first week, if over time the shit goes two times platinum, like, you know what I'm saying, quietly. Like, a lot of these joints be doing, like, low-key. But, um, yeah, I mean... I don't know. It definitely did what it was supposed to do is opening up at number one. Um, the the most interesting thing I'm wondering is what's is is if that Anderson Pack joint with the Dr. Dre, are they doing a video to that? I re-listened to the song The Darkness. Um, I didn't realize that that was two stories or two perspectives happening at the same time. I still ain't listened to the album, to be honest with you. All right, well, when you if you listen to the song The Darkness, which is apparently the single and Royce the Five Nine produced it, mm-hmm. um, The Darkness is basically Eminem talking about the Las Vegas shooting. Mm-hmm. No, the Manchester bombing and the Las Vegas shooting, right? Uh-huh. But basically... He's telling the story of the shooting from his perspective of seeing it, how we all saw it as a tragedy on the news Uh and from the perspective of the shooter who doesn't want to be in the darkness alone. Right. Okay. So it's like a crazy, like, like that's what I'm saying to where it's like Eminem does this thing where he elevates the art to a certain space because he can't talk about things that we will praise other rappers who and mind you 
because they're black, they get a certain pass for certain shit, right? But there's certain times where a nigga could say a line that really wasn't that hard, but it was hard because it was relatable, like on some street nigga shit, even though... We'll say it's relatable even if we never did that shit. You see what I'm saying? Right. It's relatable enough because it's in the neighborhood, right? It's, but it's, it's like a part of the culture, right? Bro, I was about to say but it's like when Eminem does a whole album called Relapse, where he's speaking from the mind of a madman and basically tying in uh, uh, an anth- um, anthology of horror movies and horror movie characters into songs. It's just like. Become comes across as oh he's just rapping about nothing. Well, I mean what what the fuck do you want him to rap about? You know what I'm saying? Like no, I think he's bored. Between, that's the difference between putting songs together and putting a work of art together. Right. You know, a lot of albums okay. now are you know people putting their hits together, and which is cool. Uh, it gets you platinum sales. You know, do the streams and things like that before you even um release the album, but. It's, it's it's supposed to be a work of art, so. All right, so we got some loving hip hop shit. Obviously, I can't get enough of that shit. I don't give a fuck if my you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. pe- pe- people people have a love hate relationship with it, but reality TV for me it's entertainment. Sometimes I like to just laugh at the shit, and then sometimes I'll talk about it. And if you don't like it, it is what it is. Um, Carly Red got beat up. By somebody, a, a bunch of somebodies apparently, but no one's saying anything about it. There's no video of it. In today's day and age, I'm of the belief that if there's no video of it, it probably didn't happen. However, in this case, I think Mona went and paid and cleaned all that shit up and they yeah. going to hold it on for the show. You know what I'm saying? Carly Red just got herself a storyline. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to make a joke because I heard she got really hurt for real. So no, I she's mean, actually, she, um, she got sent to ICU. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Damn. But they're not saying who did it or why it happened. Um, so I don't know. Obviously, when more information comes out about this, I'll probably talk to you about it on the um, cast. Um, K. Michelle refuses to join Love and Hip Hop Miami, and I don't think they care. Yeah. <laughs> she said she doesn't want to go because Jocelyn Hernandez is there. And well, yeah, because she keeps she says, absolutely not. I don't do crackheads. I don't do well with drug addicts. They don't take no responsibility. I'm in a new place in life. Blah 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 blah. Who's the drug addict? Jocelyn? She's talking about Jocelyn, because Jocelyn is now on Love and Hip Hop Miami. When did she? When did she become a crackhead? I don't know. Maybe Johnson might have did some coke one day or something. Who knows? Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, who knows? I, yeah. thought, I thought she was good. No, though. Man, this is just K Michelle just talking shit, so she doesn't have to say I'm scared. I don't want to go on the show because Johnson. Jocelyn is gonna punk me on TV, and I ain't gonna do shit about it. Well, right. I mean, she might. I don't know. K Michelle, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, she might. She might. Yeah, yeah. She might. But she probably just don't want to get caught up in whatever might come with, you know, the drama. Well, she's trying to go be a country artist now. That's what. Oh. After she drops his album, it's supposed to come out in like a week or two, according to well, country pace sources. Go on ahead, love. Um. Tierra Marie keep playing with 50 Cent and this money, and now that he ain't getting his paper and she ain't turning over her bank records, he done um, got the judge to put uh, an infra- uh, some type of motion 
that made her pay an additional five thousand right now. So she already owes this nigga thirty grand. Now she owes this nigga thirty five grand, and she need to turn over her financial records. Basically, she's calling broke and saying she don't have it, so she's not gonna pay this nigga back. This nigga's fifty's like, nah, you gonna give me this bread. Everyone's saying, 50, why are you picking on her? You got enough money. Your shows is doing good. You know this girl ain't getting no money like that. It's not the money. It's the principle. And it's not even just that. It's not that she. he's asking her to pay him money for some shit. He's getting his money back that he had to pay in lawyer fees for a lawsuit that you brought against him that you lost. So, yeah, you got to pay that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, like that would just be yep, saying kick he, that out. He mama. gave her thirty grand. Kick that out, mama. Um, loving hip hop London is a supposedly going to be the next spinoff rumored from the loving hip hop series. And um, for full disclosure, you guys, we had recorded right a whole episode, right? And my stupid dumbass somehow corrupted the file. So because we're troopers and I wasn't going to leave you guys without an episode this week, me and Trey and Grammy, we went ahead and recorded another episode for y'all again. And I only say that to say that earlier we had obviously Jada and we had some of her friends in the building and they had a take on that Chicago should be the next love and hip hop. And I forgot the names that she names. But I'll probably bring this up on a later date, you know what I'm saying? Because the cast was, uh, that she put together sounded like it could work, you know what I'm saying? It was too Dirk, bad my dumb ass fucked up the file. Dirk Herbo on six hundred breezy. Ari India. Yeah, I think those were some of the names, yeah. They definitely yeah. sounded yeah. I think no, yeah. <clears throat> we might be getting some new music from Joel Santana. Um, now, Kimbella said this on the show, but they made it like a scene to where it was like, Kimbella went there to meet Chrissy and she's like talking to her like, yeah, we got to get Jim on the album and blah, blah, blah. And at first when I saw it on there, I was like, okay, maybe this is just for some TV shit. Uh-huh. But then I seen an article that confirmed it for me that, you know, twin, Joel's brother uh-huh. and Kimbella are working right now to put together three of Joel's projects out of music that he's just had sitting. You know what I'm saying? He's been recorded, you know what I'm saying? Like to make some money, obviously, and to get some of his music out there. How long do he got left? I think, um, I'm not really sure. Like three years? Uh, Probably less than that. But what I will say is that one of the projects is the rumored project that he did um, he's serving 27 months right now, so however long he's been in there out of the 27-month sentence. Okay. All right. But um, I don't know when he went in, but Brian's about to find out. But um, <laughs> the one project um, that I'm looking at is the I Can't Feel My Face. Now, there yeah. was that was him and a Lil Wayne like, joint album together. And yeah. when we first heard about it, it was like, oh, shit, it's about to be a Jewel's Lil Wayne album. And then it just like never happened. And I always never wondered why, so I wasn't sure if the project was actually recorded. Mm-hmm. But apparently, there's enough material there. Yes, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And maybe they probably got some new Wayne verses on some like other Jewel's records or whatever. Like you know what I'm saying? Like there, there's ways I, for them to work around. Yeah, I still them. think that's highly intensi- anticipated. Uh, just like the Carter Five was right. Um, 
That was supposed to come out a long time ago. Oh. Because they're talking about a mixtape, a feature album, and this joint album with Lil Wayne. If yeah. that's what they're doing, I think the Lil Wayne album hits first. Like, I think that's the one you got to drop first. And then you put the mixtape out after that and then drop the feature album. I think you put the mixtape out first. Then you... Because we need some content, some content. But what do you bro. think would be people would gravitate to more right now? Because I'm not saying the Jewels no. don't got it, but are people checking for him right now? The where it's like when you put that's, him that's next to Wayne's name, you put some content out to make him relevant. Then you drop the Wayne. But remember, Wayne just announced he's dropping his album in like a month or two, the funeral. Oh yeah. So Wayne just made that announcement. So like you want to drop the Wayne project because, I mean, we're expecting. All right. So here's the thing. <clears throat> Let me keep it real with my take on this. Yeah, we're expecting Wayne to be Wayne. Right. But it's because Wayne has to be Wayne because this is the true Wayne album we've been waiting for. Yeah. The Carter five was the album that had been held up for a while. And then it came out. Right. Probably some new additions to it, but most of that project was just sitting in the vault for all that time. Yeah. So the album we're getting right now is the one where we see is Wayne still Wayne. Right. That's what this album says. Okay. <clears throat> I think the pressure is high. Like I said, I think the pressure is high on all the guys right now. But for Wayne, the pressure is very high. Man, this is Wheezy F, baby, man. I was about to say, he do this, man. I don't it's think there's no does. pressure on him. I think, I, you know, I think there's pressure on all of them. You I don't know what I'm saying? There's no pressure on them. But yeah, I mean, I only think it's pressure for the simple fact because, like I said, this is the album that tells that t- this is the album that if it's that, then Wayne goes into that next caliber of the conversation, right? right. He gets into that next status, right? But if the album is subpar. The narrative for 2020 is Lil Wayne officially is and then fill in the blank. And it's probably going to be something negative. Right. Okay. I see, see what I'm saying? saying? It ain't no pressure on him, though. Well, no. I think, I mean, Lil Wayne's accomplished so much and influenced an entire generation to an extent that nothing could take anything away from Lil Wayne. But in the terms of relevancy right now and him being considered in that conversation, Wayne is supposed to be like people. People always put Wayne in the goats conversation when we talk about the top fives or the top yeah, ten. Top Wayne keep Definitely. going in there, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. But for real, we're going off of a content that he gave us six, seven years ago, right? Right? Because that was the last time we got a Wayne project around the time that Wayne wanted to give it to us. Right. A true Wayne album. Carter Five is a Wayne album, but it didn't come out when he wanted to give it to us. So this is the first time since back and then, then the time, that we're getting something from him. Then. Yeah, and then the times that he was going through when he actually created right. it. So. so with that, what do you, in your opinion, are the most anticipated... Let's let's start with hip-hop albums, and then we'll, 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 we'll dive out. But what are the most anticipated hip-hop albums for you for this year, 2020? Um, I would definitely have to say The Wayne Project, for one. All right. Um, I kind of anticipated Eminem, and, you know, he he gave me a little bit of what I wanted and a little bit not. Um, 
and there should be some, you know, um, there should be quite a few projects coming out. I know, uh, I know Migos is supposed to be dropping Culture 3 within the next two months, maybe. And then, uh, Gunner, Gunner has a project coming out. Yeah. Um, obviously Meg, Meg the Stallion is dropping Sugar. I believe that depending on who drops the same week as her, that's like a guaranteed number one debut. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Young Thug is supposed to drop an album called Punk. I think it was an album that was rumored to be finished towards the end of last year. Then there was like an early confirmed release date in February, but I think it's been pushed back to March. Uh, J. Cole is supposed to drop an album supposedly called The Fall Off. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that look that looks like I'm it's wait, on the list. I'm waiting for Drake. Yeah. Album. I'm waiting for future album and I'm waiting for the album together. And yeah, so so am I, but I have all right, so when it comes to this Drake and Future thing, I love that first album that What a Time to Be Alive. Mm-hmm. Because it was one of those collaboration albums where you could hear it in the song. I could hear Drake and Future in the studio. Listening to a beat, working on a record. Like, I I could hear it in the vibe, right? Mm -hmm. But now, I hope that I'm getting that same album. Because if this album sounds like a bunch of future records that he said, hear Drake rap on, and then Drake took a bunch of Drake records and said, hear future rap on, Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to hear it in the music, and it's going to mess it up for me. Why? Because there's going to be records that obviously I'm going to like because it's Drake and Future. They're going to have the the dopest producer, and then it's going to be a a bop. So I know I'm going to like some of the songs, but I don't know if them niggas are in the same type of space where they actually were in the studio working together on this project. Like, I feel like this was like, hey, get a bunch of your records off of your computer, send them to me. I'll send you a bunch off of my computer, leave an open verse. We're going to wrap some open verses. We'll send it to 40 and them. They'll mix it, and then we're going to put that shit out. That's how it should be. Nah, man. I think you can hear the difference sometimes. Listen, long as they voice is on the record together, I'm Gucci. I don't care what it sounds like. Because I know it's going to be a smash. All right, I guess I'm just reading too far. The only thing that messes me up sometimes is when you can hear the differences of the rooms that they were in, you know, in the recording. Oh, yeah, but I don't think Drake and Future going to have that problem. Like, I think, I don't think I'm going to notice, like, like... You like, don't notice. You, you, you're, you're not really going to notice unless you have, like, a super trained ear to mix... You're not gonna notice. That's the only thing. You see, you see, you did you hear the saw stunt real quick? Right, you see right, the stunt right, real quick? Right. Unless, unless, <laughs> unless you really have an air. Yeah, but that's the only thing. That's the only thing that messes me up when I notice it. But other than that, you know, um, their combination, melody combinations, they usually come up with some really good stuff. So, all right. So, Royce the Five Nine allegory is coming out in February. Yeah, as well, I'm so. definitely looking forward to that. And Royce produced. That whole thing. What, his old album? Yeah, because he, he got two production credits on the M album. Um, Dr. Dre did um, like three or four of them joints, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And it's crazy because I wasn't sure if Dre did. Um, I wasn't sure which joints Dre did. Dre did the intro, the um, premonition, but he also did the one with Anderson Pack in it. And when I heard that record, I was like, damn, I was like, this sounds like some Dre shit. I was like, I wonder how many drinks Dre did on this project. And I found out that he did that one. Like the Anderson Pack record. I love that shit, Joe. Um, but yeah. 
Um, I seen the lineup for the Broccoli City Festival. I definitely think I want to go to that in May. Um, the weekend of May 7th through the 9th at RFK Stadium. The headliners are The Baby, Roddy Rich, and Meg Thee Stallion. And oh, some wow. of the other performers are Burner Boy, Doja Cat, Ari Lennox. Yeah, I think I'm in there. Broccoli. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think I'm in there. You know what I'm saying? Plus, they got, like, this whole, um, you know, this whole cannabis area where you can get, like, you know what I'm saying, all types of good grass, you know what I'm saying, what like, edibles it? and infusions. It's in May, you know what I'm saying? They have it every year. It's, like, the Broccoli City Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Don't they usually have it outside? No, nah, it's, it's at RFK Stadium. Where, That's, uh, like, where the Redskins play it. Oh, oh okay, okay. Right. Now, um, I saw this other, oh, oh yeah, um, Little Uzi Vert. Eternal would take, and we forgot Cardi B's rapping album too. I'm looking forward to that because I made a statement a long time ago that said that she wasn't going to suffer the sophomore slump. So now oh, yeah, I need okay. to see it through. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, we'll have to see. But yeah, Apple Music, you know what I'm saying, has been doing a lot of um, teaming up. And making different, um, not really acquisitions, but different strategic partnerships, right? Trying to really push um, the playlisting ecosystem because they saw it was successful over there at Spotify. And obviously, Apple is a reactionary company, you know what I'm saying? So they Mm -hmm. do a lot of reactionary things based on what's happening in the market space. So one of their newer deals that they did based off a small deal that they had with the NBA over the past two years, now they have this new partnership with the NBA and a company called United Masters, which is Steve Stout's um, basically independent artist digital distribution type system. Dope, dope company. You know what I'm saying? Uh So they launched a new global playlist that will highlight the best emerging and independent hip hop each week. Um, it's going to be curated by Ebro. Mm. <laughs> it's going to be called Baseline, you know what I'm saying? And one of the things about it is that a lot of the records will be including artists that are on United Masters roster. So this is like a promotional opportunity that's built into the platform for if you're releasing music through United Masters, then you have an opportunity to get selected for this particular playlist, which is partnered with the NBA. And if you make it on this playlist, then the NBA has a deal to also include you in different advertisements or NBA initiatives, commercials, all kinds of shit like that. And that's one of the features that United Masters has built into a lot of their other shit. Um, so the question about this, I started looking into this company a little bit more because like I heard about it, but I really didn't know much about it. So I went, I sent the um, the email to get the invitation. I waited like a couple hours and then I checked my email. There was an invitation link in there. I went and started to sign up for it just to check it out. And Basically, what it is is that there's definitely a 10% that they're taking, you know what I'm saying, of, like, revenue. Uh Yeah. But unlike some of the other distribution platforms that have a yearly fee that you pay for them not to take any percentage of revenue, you know what I mean, there's all these built-in, you know, advertising, sync, and marketing opportunities yeah. for your music built into this platform. And it's uh-huh. set to where you can set it up on an app and release music like that, or you can do it from desktop. But, but they get it. They get it. Yeah. Um, you know, we're in a time where, um, you know, music content is needed for um, all types of things. We have all the social media where 
um, music is needed for all that content. They figure, okay, cool. We already have um, the content builders. Right. You know? We have the content builders. We have the NBA. They have a huge marketing um, firm, you know, uh, division. We have uh, this person, you know, uh, I, I believe it's Activision or EA Sports or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, they have partnerships with these companies. And I actually sat at a, um, a panel where, you know, United Masters, one of the representatives from United, United Masters was there. And um, like you said, they do provide a lot of opportunities, but they get it. They have the the opportunities. All they need is the music. Right. So if they l- allow you to upload the music for free, match it to the opportunity, they make a ch- Everybody gets paid. Exactly. And right. that's why it's one of those platforms where when I looked at it, I looked at a lot of people who really didn't get it complaining about it on the internet. But I'm seriously considering because, like I said, I had some records that were kind of like in this whole weed space that I was kind of tinkering around with and I was working on a project um, for someone else, right? Uh-huh. And we were working on thinking about put just putting a little thing out there. And then I kind of put that on the back burner. But now that we're doing this higher learning thing, I'm thinking about kind of putting an EP out as like a companion EP, almost like the soundtrack for the podcast season uh-huh. with a bunch of records that are like geared in like the weed space. So I've considered releasing that through United Masters just because of the opportunities that are built in there because I already have other music that I distributed through DistroKid, but I've used a bunch of them. Like, I've used CD Baby, I've used TuneCore, I've used DistroKid. Why not put something out there through United Masters and see what happens? Because I'm not really tripping off the whole 10% thing because of the opportunities that are built into it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, you know, you pay um, $100 for another platform. Right. They don't provide any opportunities. There's no guarantee that you know, your your uh, marketing efforts will work. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's not even about getting selected for the opportunities. For me, it's about, I mean, of course you want to get selected, but for me, it's about navigating the platform and seeing how easy it is for me to know about the opportunities and then submit or do the call to action for whatever those opportunities are. Because the only way for me to truly evaluate a platform is to use it. Yeah, That's right. basically how I know what to suggest to a client when I'm working with them on a situation, you know what I'm saying? So I need to know, you know what I'm saying? If this should be considered because what I'm reading, it seems like this should definitely be coming up in the conversation when I'm talking to an artist about, you know, how them distributing a situation, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, shout out to the homie Ray moon. Um, she actually distributes her songs to United masters. Okay. They gave her an opportunity. Um, uh, and because of that, she has a song on uh, NBA 2K. Right. So, um, and that was one of the things I saw on the website too, like yeah. one of the partners. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You get it on uh, 2K. Yeah, yeah, they can. Oh, okay. So they'll. I mean, if you have good enough songs, they'll submit your songs, and if the song you know hits, you get a check. You know oh, what I mean? Shit. Yeah, like Steve Stout was a big executive, powerful manager, like for years, like in the industry. So like him right. and a lot of those executive guys, they pulled them from record labels and tech companies. So like they build up like a pretty robust board and like executive staff over there. You know what I mean? Um, at United Masters to kind of like right. be, because you know everyone is in a race to figure out what the replacement, not the true replacement, because I don't think they can ever truly kill them. Unless they can bleed them out money wise, but someone's trying to become the new record label, okay. the new record company structure. The record label exists as the bank. Right. They can bankroll 
and they have the relationships that they can. But that's all it is. United deploy Masters employee at yeah. any time. United Masters is is doing exactly that. They see, um, all I have to do is get the music and provide it. To, that's all record labels are for. Right. To get the music and provide the music opportunity. Now, um, with it being an independent structure, you know, the artist will have to have you know bankroll for things like touring and PR and, and, right. and things like that. But with a song on 2K, that's, that's a PR worthy. I think that's that's where I'm going with it. Now that you're saying it like that, yeah. so what the record company's doing now is they are minimizing the risk for the artists financially up front. Yeah, but they're maximizing their leverage on the profit because they can spend millions of dollars on you. They could spend four million on you if they need to. Right. To get you to be the hottest thing smoking, yeah. and then make millions upon millions off of you afterwards. Whereas United Masters is providing the opportunity without assuming the financial risk, yeah, right? Assuming you see what I'm any financial risk. So I think for the independent artist that has the right team and the right build and go get it mindset and good music, United Masters seems like a good. Yeah, choice for because them. they can. The thing about it is, um, if what you're worried about is bankroll, United Masters can get you bankroll through the opportunities. Your right. your song gets licensed to this um, commercial and gets licensed to this game. That's bringing in money. So all you have to do is have a, a dedicated team and have a plan and say, look, all right, this is how we spend this money to get more money. Right. Okay. You know. Right. And then just uh, this is how we spend money to maximize our opportunities. All right, cool. The music wasn't that good on on this um, this record, but it still got placed. All right, let's make better music, you know. Or or the the record is really good, you know, and it's hitting in these places, and the game is hot, or the commercial is hot in this area. Let's go mm-hmm. tour. Okay. You know, it's just thinking of of creative ways to say, look, all right, um, you know, there's no money being put up here. You know, the artist comes with a song already. I didn't have to go record that or anything like that. I provide them the opportunity to make money. Boom, I take a little cut. Now now they have money to go out and do more things. They're going to bring more songs back to me, right. which I can provide bigger opportunities, bigger check. This burn notice is going out to Kiana Lee with this Mad At Me on It's Not Just Me podcast. Burn. Notice, 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 notice. You've been burned. You know the problem is you seem too invested in it. You getting hung up, what's up? Why you questioning it? You looking like this talking turn and you you keep dancing around me So the dick put a copy right on it You lost without it, I don't doubt it I've been on my hot shit lately Can't be mad at me You've been on some fuck shit lately Can't let this is me Yeah, so if you're thinking there's a problem We could settle it Say you don't care for two days You just can't get with it I've been on my hot shit lately so down, 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 down How to get through no, you, but no, let me no, have no, a go no. at it You are here looking like you can't get enough Way I'm fucking you up like you want you it I'm up burned. on my every step that you heard something about it Fire pit, you keep dancing 
messing around me So the did put a copyright on it You're lost without it I don't doubt it Yo, this joint is crazy. Like usually, I don't like it when they when they fuck with the melodies and shit like that. But she body this joint. I don't ever put out any money. All I do is market to get the, the artists that come to me. Right, right. That's it. And as these artists become big, now I'm saying, look, all right, I did that. I did that. I did that. I actually am pushing. Um, I'm like an affiliate right now, like in this affiliate marketing. We, um, well, it's Mickey Shiloh's company. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Mickey, who you know what I mean? Um, so she has this um hard drive records, right? Which is basically like an independent creative artist services type of situation where they're releasing music as like a label, right? That artists are paying like a monthly or a yearly fee in this situation, but they're getting like unlimited artwork, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Unlimited releases, which obviously they're using like a distribution account that they can do unlimited artist releases for, right? Yeah. But then they're getting like audio visualizers, like all basically the content, the visual stuff that they would need. Plus, you know what I'm saying? They're getting like access to beats, access to songwriters, um, discounts on these different services. But really, it's like one of these other little quasi-like services situation where I'm seeing a lot of these little things emerge and eventually this playing field is going to even out where there's going to become a new structure. And it's going to start with some of these different types of companies being strung together, which is going to create the new record label structure. You know what I mean? Yeah. What happened? You got to move your legs? Oh, yeah. I was just getting ready to say that. You just read my mind. Because when you come back from um, from the tree... Now that that makes, now that makes everything uh, easier, too. Yeah. Uh, about what we were talking about earlier, about the album. EP. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Push the United Masters. Right. And, and I'm not going to lie. I was thinking about that for her as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like cause, because... The, the type of records and the way that we're constructing it, I think it would be beneficial for that United Masters. You know what I'm saying? Like, doing it that way. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Um, so, tonight, the Lakers played against the 76ers. Got beat on. And during that game, LeBron James passed Kobe Bryant to become, is he third now? Number third. Yeah. Number, Number three. three. Yes, All right, sir. So, Trey, of course, he's. Yes, sir. Shout out to my man, Bron Bron. He gets me these beagles. Go ahead. Yeah, this get all excited. Shout out to my man, Bron Bron. So, I've been watching you since I was nine years old, man. And, uh,. This is this is a very surreal moment right now. Don't mind Brian. He's just crunching a chip bag. It's all good. Don't mind him. <laughs> now I'm about to be crunching some chips. Uh-huh. All right. So now we, um, like I said, I lost all the files from earlier. I fucked up, corrupted some shit, didn't forgot to record some shit. A bunch of bullshit happened. So anyways, um, 
we did do this whole sports spiel and we're not going to go through the whole joint, but we are definitely going to get into this LeBron Kobe thing and a few other things. But what we did do is we came up with the concept for what we want to do with our sports show. Right. And it just was us just talking shit. And of course, where it's not just me and we were thinking it's not ESPN or it's not sports center. I don't know which one I want to go with. Which one y'all want to go with? It's not ESPN or it's not Sports Center. Sports or it's not Center. ESPN Sports Center. No, that's too much. It's not ESPN. Yeah. It's not ESPN. It's not. Nah. What feels I like Sports better. Center. It's not yeah. Sports Center. Yeah. yeah. It's not Sports Center. Yeah, it's not Sports Center. So, our new sports podcast that will be coming soon from the Image Brand Network will be It's Not Sports Center. Yes, sir. From the makers of It's Not Just Me podcast. Remember, I named it. (laughs) We're definitely going to give him co-production credits, you know what I'm saying? You know what? When I upload this joint, I'm going to have to go into Podkit Chaser and add you guys to production credits for this episode right here, seeing that we had to go in. I need executive producer credits. recover, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? We had to rally... When, when I turned around and spun the chair and said, oh, my God, I can't believe that shit. Brian looked at me, and he could see it on my face <laughs> that it was a tragedy. And then at that moment, I thought for a second, you know what? Fuck it. And then I said, no. I can't say fuck it, man, because we have to upload an episode. We can't just not upload an episode this week. Right. We, You know what I mean? Like... Consistency is yeah, key, people. Yeah, we, we ain't those guys. We're not going to be those type of podcasts. This you know is where saying? it all starts. You know, it, it we're, we're starting it now, and then, you know, years from now, we'll laugh back at the times where <laughs> Menace couldn't keep the files up. <laughs> but look, I ain't going to lie. Um, I mean, I know I'm going off on a tangent, and we're going to get did back I to this Kobe. Miss? Yeah, you did. Kobe Menace. It's all good. I'm glad. <laughs> I, I mean, it's better than me saying my whole government fucking name earlier. You know what I'm saying? But... It is what it is. Um, so, um, what was I about to say? Going off on a tangent. Uh, uh, We're back to sports. Um, nah, but there was something else. It's not just me, sports guy. No, what the fuck? Was, what were you just saying? Hmm? You were just saying something before that? Oh, about my executive producer credits. Yeah, executive producer credits. Uh, all right, fuck it. I don't we couldn't just upload an episode this week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We couldn't I said, just fuck it. We couldn't just upload the ep- we, um, you know, yeah. we couldn't just. All right, not now I know what it. I was saying. So I was reaching out for feedback earlier this week. There's a couple different Reddit podcast rooms, and I went to certain ones for like specific feedback. So like you post like specific like detail what you want them to listen to for, so they can give you constructive criticism on a specific aspect of the show. So what I was asking was about the overall flow and feel, the conversational feel of the show. And what I explained to them is that I don't ever want, there will be other shows on the network that will be formatted differently. There'll be a lot more, I guess, professional, if you want to call it that. Uh-huh. I don't ever want this show but this is not that. to ever be that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't want to me talk, then after I'm done, you talk. Like, niggas don't have conversations like that. Niggas be talking over each other, all that kind of shit like that. That's right. what makes the show cool. And I thought so, but people have confirmed it. Everyone who responded back said that 
the reason why they would listen or like listening to our show is because it has that loose off the cuff feel that's still organized enough where we know what we're talking about. We have our topics and our segues don't feel forced. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that was cool. And then, um, I asked them to go back and listen to one of the older episodes and then listen to one of these to listen to the intro music change. And does the intro music match the temperature? of the overall show and and bring you in more than the original music because the original music was cool but I felt like it was too laid back for the temperature of the show Right. so it was like you expected the show to be laid back and then as soon as we start talking we're like turnt like fuck this fuck that right. asshole titty <laughs> like, like we just go there you know what I'm saying so they said yeah they said they like how we have different clips from the show like built into the intro music and in that it introduces the character voices before you get it uh, before you start listening to the show so they liked it so i mean we're definitely in the right direction so i like okay, cool. a lot of the feedback we're getting and i got to give a couple shout outs um got to give a shout out to mother ish who has a podcast called uncomfortable um that shit's cool I need to give a shout out to the Step Brothers, who we're gonna be linking up with out in LA. They have a podcast called Step Brothers Podcast. Um, white people do black things with Marcy, Mar- Marcella Riley. Um, she um, hit me up on Reddit. We had a couple conversations. I went and listened to her shit. She would then listen to ours. I'm trying to link up and do some guest hosting with that. But um, I've definitely been listening to a lot of. Um, I'm not really sure where they're located, but we'll we'll do it remotely. But I've been listening to a lot of different, um, you know, podcasters coming up lately and collaborating and really opening up a conversation. And it's it's cool hearing a lot of people doing good things in the space because I feel as though that the space is still in its infancy to an extent, even though it's been around for a long time. Right. Y'all would call me a noob. I'm only 20 episodes in, so I know some of y'all that are like 400, 500 episodes in are like, nah, sure. podcasting been around forever. It ain't in its infancy, but it really is. As an industry and as a mainstream appeal, the mainstream appeal for podcasting now is opened up the ceiling. You see what I'm saying? So the right. ceiling is way higher than it was before this was a thing. I mean, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's been, it, it, it's existed, but it wasn't a thing. Right. Now the mainstream stream appeal is there. And you know, I think we're doing well to be only 20 episodes in and we're jumping in and out of the charts. You know what I'm saying? Like each and every week. I mean, we fall off the charts for like a week or so, but for the last couple of weeks, we've been consistently hitting higher numbers and our growth pattern is doing well. <laughs> I just had the funniest idea in my head. So, what? um, <clears throat> You know, as we were talking about, um, you know, the production of my podcast coming up. Yeah. Um, how, in one, you know, I'll, I'll talk about music. You know, because you don't want to, um, you don't want to, you can combine music and technology, but it, it's they're two different looks. Right. And so, literally, I would have to have two different looks for this. The technology podcast would be the guy that you know, damn mm. it, has on a suit and tie. Right, right, right. You know, the music podcast guys, you know, smoking a blunt. <laughs> we're, in the latest, we're in the latest hype beast trends, right? You know, at, it, but it was just a funny ass uh, meme, you know, that I put together. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you put on your white voice. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so let's hit this Kobe thing. I mean, I think it's okay. Like as a Kobe Bryant fan, 
I don't feel slighted or upset or like I should hate on LeBron because he passed him. Congratulations to him. Hey. I mean, he's supposed to. I think that's what's supposed to happen. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant to. had to. Kobe Bryant had to surpass a bunch of people in order to get to the level where he was at. And I, I don't think, think that, rec- yeah. yeah, but I don't think records are set for the next generation not to break them. Yeah, you know, I think that's what a record's for. Yeah, that's what a record's for. You don't understand though. Huh? Kobe was held at this pinnacle. He still is. He has more rings than LeBron. I don't. That 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 doesn't matter. <coughs> because uh, some would beg to differ, Dre. I think because, most of America. Because then we will have to get into how they got their rings and all of that. All right, hold up, Trey. Now you getting ready? You getting ready to step into some shit right now? Okay, so look, look we got to look at this. Does the amount of Grammys an artist have make them better than the next artist? I th- all right, listen. We're talking and, apples and oranges, I think here. No, no that's, that's not apples. Mm-hmm. I think that's a legit comparison, and I think that's probably one of the only ways that we can compare it. You know, an actor getting a, right. you know, what I mean, an Oscar. Now. Of course, you have to have a team around you. Okay, you know to do this thing, but they're they're teams too. So that whole team. How many, wins how many like, MVPs? Trey, look, what, do Trey, this is what have. Trey's getting ready to try to do. Let me try to pick your go brain. Ahead, go ahead. He started going to well about their t- how they won those championships. Mm-hmm. So he's getting ready to allude on some old like he's gonna try to make the argument that. LeBron James, who's the guy who made everyone in the NBA try to create a super team. Mm, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, listen. All right. Did they start it? No, they didn't Bro, start it. He yelled no, at the he ref. He wanted to create. He the yelled super at the team. ref today, and the ref blew the whistle late. You don't think he's yelling at coaches like that? No. He so. wanted to create the super team because he's going of the into the NBA. Co- when did Kobe Bryant have Kevin the Garnett same type of team and as Allen. LeBron had winning a championship? He's going into the manager saying, look, I need the this Lakers. guy. And if I was the manager, I'm giving it At to him. At one point, the Lakers had <laughs> Gary Payton, Carl uh, Malone, come on. Shaquille O'Neal. Like, at the end of their career when so, they were, hey. no. Listen, hey, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and Chris Bosh. That's what happened. Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and Chris Bosh. And then after that, what did he do? He went to go link up with Ty- Kyrie Irving, and then he did the Kevin Love thing. And then now, I mean, he's with Anthony Davis now, So, the, but everyone has the duos. So the trios became the duos. But for real, LeBron was the super team era. So you can't even say that... You know, Kobe had an easier route to his ring because he had Shaq. No, Kobe and them did. Boston big three. Okay. Right. Okay. But the Lakers, Kobe and Shaq was Kobe and Shaq. And then they had their team. The LeBron James was the big three. They They became became Kobe and Shaq. And LeBron James and them formed into the big three. So they didn't become anything. They went and put a super team together because they could not win it. Chris Bosh is not that big of a three. But Chris Bosh was a guy who averaged at least 25 points a game. He averaged a double-double damn near, and he was a perennial all-star. When he went next to LeBron James and... Dwayne Wade, listen, I can go pull the stats. When LeBron James first um, went there, when when they when the when the team was able to really pull together and annihilate teams on that playoff run, that championship run, mm-hmm. it was because 
LeBron James and Dwayne Wade's numbers went down to even out for Chris Bosh's numbers to go up. Chris Bosh really helped him out more from the places where he scored on the court. And during that time, he was yeah. actually the second best scorer on the team. It was LeBron, Chris Bosh, and then Dwayne Wade. Yeah. And it might have been so close maybe that I'm wrong, but I'll tell you this. Chris Bosh was an all-star, and then he went next to arguably one of the greatest players in the league and Dwayne Wade, who was arguably one of the greatest players in the league, right? right. Who are two guys on the wing. So, yeah, he was the third option. But let's not act like Chris Bosh was a slouch. Like, you can't, you can't. To me, he was a slouch. Man, Chris Bosh, the third best player on the Lakers. I'll take a slouch averaging a double-double. The third best player on the Lakers with Kobe and Shaq Mm -hmm. was not better than Chris Bosh. Rick Fox was not better than Chris Bosh. Robert Ory, not better than Chris Bosh. Lamar Odom, at that point, was Lamar Odom was the closest thing, but he wasn't Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh got way more All Star appearances I'll put than them, no Lamar Odom. Put them on that, that, yeah, yeah, but I will. Derek skill, Fisher, skill not level. better than Chris Bosh. Skill level wise, Ron Harper, not better than skill Chris Bosh. Skill level wise, Tyron Lue was not better than Chris Bosh. Like I can keep naming all these guys. Any one of these skill guys. Skill level wise. And then when there was no Shaq, then it was Paul Gasol. All right. Right. But see, who else did Kobe have at that time? Um, they, 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 they could they could all right Andrew Bynum now you consider Andrew Bynum Paul Gasol and Kobe Bryant a big three to compares to Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade and LeBron James is that the argument that you're going to try to make just let me know because we, we could I mean we, we got time if that's where you want to go you know what I'm saying but I don't think we should be having that argument I mean you could compare <coughs> You could compare. You LeBron James guys, I swear. <laughs> you guys kill me. And I like LeBron because he's on my team. He's a Laker. Yeah, now he is. But I never not but liked you LeBron. Was not oh, oh fuck. No. I remember them days, goddammit. No, I only used to It was me against you. everybody in that goddamn basement. Because you, you took you you it's the fans. The Statistically. Maver- the Maverick series. Mind no, no, you. No, no. Mind start, you. Started the LeBron James series. is only mind you, LeBron James is only, you know. Literally um, when they face OKC in the finals, it was me. Versus everybody in the house, including my girlfriend. He might have been five years into his career. Including my girlfriend. Now listen, he's going to tell me this, right? But tell me, who was the one who told you to make a song called LeBron James during this same playoff run that you're saying that I was anti-LeBron James? LeBron James. Come on, yo. Like, I came up with the record right there, and I'm like, yo, this need to be the record that you do the hook on, Trey. You going to do this hook. But we pushed Kevin Durant more. But you know. I think the Kevin Durant record sounded better. But we still had LeBron James, though. LeBron James. <laughs> hey, those were some times. Uh, nah, that Kevin Durant record. Nah, but it, it, it's Do not... you still got that somewhere? Yeah. You do? Somewhere. 
some I need I need to hear that. I don't think I heard that. In. Why do you you want to hear homeboy that shall not be named? Um, I want to hear Morgan verse on it. Honestly. Oh yeah, yeah. But 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 like a fucking Durant. Then my man Eli. I want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is times we can't get back here. All right, so just to let y'all know, um, I will be so the two episodes that are uploaded to um, the Higher Learning Podcast RSS feed, I'm getting ready to clip those off of there. I mean, one of them was a strain review when we did the LA Chocolate and. Uh, uh, cookies and Dream And one of them was us giving you The original Baker's Dozen Strain But that was like when this was just like Like just uh, some Bonus content that was before we Fleshed this whole thing out to like a full production So I'm gonna do an official trailer To explain to you guys exactly what We're gonna be doing for this show And I will be dropping that soon So the two episodes that are there Are going away I might just Upload them to sound cloud for nostalgia purposes if you guys want to go listen to them there i'll put the link like on the website or something but other than that um be prepared to hear that and then another updated list sometime in march and then you'll get the first episode of higher learning on 420 and yes sir other than that we are going to get the fuck out of here yes sir to give this thug a try so you can get drunk and smoke weed all day It don't matter if you're lonely, baby You need a love in your life This must have taken love in your money If you want to listen to more Visit our official website at www.itsnotjustmepodcast.com